Welcome to We Are DB. I am Brenton, joined as always by Danielle. That's me. Thanks again for joining us this week as we count up the IMDb's best movies of all time and discuss some of the greatest films you mightn't ever have seen. This week, rated as number 37 on the Internet Movie Database by millions of film lovers from around the world is Back to the Future. Released in 1985, starring Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd as the two leads, Back to the Future is a science fiction adventure movie set mostly in 1955 California, but opening in 1985. Based on an original screenplay by Bob Gale, the movie is co-written and directed by Robert Zemeckis. This movie was nominated for three Oscars, and it won one for sound editing. Really? Why, why are you so shocked about that? It's not Oscar material. No, it's really not. It's a goofy it's, 80s comedy. It's so 80s. And there's quite a lot of things in there where it's just like, yeah, okay. Like, it's just goofy. There's a few things that make you say what if or as if. I definitely see why people loved this so much. It's definitely got the nostalgia factor. And at the time, it was a fun movie to go watch. It's like, whoa, time travel, man. Oh, it's so fun. You know? This is probably the funnest movie. I could just chuck it on at any point and I'll be enjoying myself. I think that Back to the Future 2 is more fun than Back to the Future 1. Oh, yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, We'll get into the sequels in a second. Yeah, but all that said, this this movie isn't that great. Yeah? It's not. It's not. It's fine. It's a movie, not a film. It's definitely a movie. It's a... This would have been when, like, you rock up to the cinema and you're like, I don't know what I want to see. Ooh, that looks funny. I've heard that's supposed to be good. We'll go see that, and you go see it, and it's fun. It's a fun way to spend an afternoon. But, like, Oscar material? It's just like... Really? Well, I wouldn't have thought that the original Star Wars movies were. They're fun. They're goofy. They don't really make any sense. They're not Oscar bait. But they won quite a few awards. I don't know. I just think... I think this one's so goofy that it's thrown me off. Because it is. It's, It's something where it's not perfect... And it's not a hard-hitting drama. It doesn't have a lot to say, but man, I enjoy it. Mm. It's fun. It's going to be very difficult for me to be critical on this because I've seen it so many times. I've probably seen this movie more than any other one on the list, except probably Lion King, which we spoke about a few weeks ago. I think I've seen it a lot. The number of times I've seen this is also going to kind of affect the way I praise it because even watching it, I'm like, "Fuck! I know what happens." Get on with it. Also, I don't like time travel, so I'm like, this is dumb. So you think it's a drag? You think this is boring? No, it's not, but it's just like, this was one I don't think I had to watch again before we did this episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you've seen it a lot. I've seen it a lot. Okay, but I was thinking about it a little bit more critically on this watch, writing down Mm. a few notes and things, but I really like it. I can absolutely see why people love... The Back to the Future trilogy. I 100% get it. Why is that? It's silly. It's a fun premise to think about. You can go away from it and talk about it some more and be like, do you think that would actually happen? No, that wouldn't happen. Man, the shoes that tie themselves. Whoa. Yeah. So this is basically based on the idea of what if I went to school with my parents? What would that be like? You know? Yeah. And I think that's a notion that 
we've all sort of considered at once. Would I be friends yeah. with my parents if I went to school with them? What would they be like? And it plays into that really well. And in a really comedic way, like the whole thing with Lorraine being totally interested in Marty. Like, of course, yeah. of course you gotta There's go There's a there. lot of funny tropes in here where... Mm-hmm. I would really like to erase my memory and watch this again for the first time because I think it's just, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, I think it's just like, it's not a very long movie. Like, it actually surprised me how short it was and it plays out really comfortably. It is reasonably short, isn't it? Yeah, and so I think the number of times I've seen it coupled with the fact that like, I don't do dramatic irony, it does my head in. I think that's why I was a little bit like, ugh on this particular watch, but I know mm-hmm. I haven't been like that on previous watches. I know I haven't. The last time I saw this was in 2016. I stuck on, because I was like all by myself unpacking my new house in university. The last time I watched through these movies was October 21st, 2015, which was the year that they came back to in the second one. Did you make a point of doing that? Yeah, because they released a 30th anniversary edition on that day, and I bought that on Blu-ray, so they've got extra features in there i hadn't owned the movies before even though i really wanted to so i got that on that day so i just watched them then i'll give you a little bit of leeway because i'm like you thought that was geeky as hell yes i'm like you're such a (laughs) dork but okay i got them on on blu-ray we'll we'll forgive you for that one yeah fair enough yeah no so it's been a few years but i have seen it quite a lot when i was a kid Mm. Do you want to talk about the movie itself a little bit? I feel like I'm shitting on it. I'm really not. I like this movie. Yeah. It's I think fun. It, was it just your mindset when you watched it this time? I think so. I think I, I don't know if I was just tired. I'm like, I know what happens. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah that's probably what it was. But It's a much yeah, easier no. watch than some of the other ones. We've got yeah. The Pianist coming up. <laughs> it's a pretty heavy one. We had American History X last week. This is one. I've done it multiple times. You just stick it on when you just want something to watch on an afternoon or something for background noise. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's definitely, definitely like it's fun. It makes you wonder what sort of things you would learn about your parents if you did go back to school with them. Because yeah. Marty hangs out with his dad a bit. He doesn't realize that he's a peeping tom. He doesn't realize he writes science fiction. Or that he's so wormy. He was so spineless. You know yeah. what I mean. He's like, what is the matter with you? Well, I guess he sort of knew that because his dad is presented as quite geeky. Yeah. I remember actively thinking back to, like, what it would have been like to go to school with my dad. I think I would have been friends with my dad. I think my dad was a pretty cool guy in high school. Yeah. Interesting, too. He would have been in high school when this movie came out. He would have been 15 when it came out. My dad would have been 18, so he probably would have been Marty's age. So I wonder what it would have been like for them. I wonder what they thought the year 2015 would have been like. Yeah, and if they were surprised, disappointed. So if you've never seen Back to the Future and you don't really know what they're about, there's the first one came out in 1985. Mm. And then after the success of it, they filmed parts two and three back to back, releasing in 1989, four years later, and 1990. So that, that is the three of them. Now, I didn't know that they were filmed separately when I first watched them when I was a kid because the three of them very much feel like a continuation and I think that's why they're parts. It's part two, it's part three instead of two and three. They're not sequels, they're parts. Even that said, like, part two picks up right after, like, right where part one left off. It really does. And Michael J. Fox didn't age. No. 
You know, Not he really. doesn't look older. Like, you're right. They look like they were filmed back to back to back. Yeah. So the first one is, like we said, the storyline where, what if you went back 30 years and went to school with your parents? And the second one, they go forward 30 years. To meet Marty's kids. Which is yeah. why we're talking about 2015. Yeah. And then in the third one, they go back 100 years. So they go back to 1885 and they're in the Wild West. That's essentially the story arc for the three of them. And I kind of like all three of them. For different reasons. For different reasons, yeah. Personally, I think the second one is my favorite just because what it does with the first one, it goes back and re shows things that happened in the first one. And I really like that. I think that's really fun to watch. We saw that very recently when we watched uh, Avengers Endgame. They went back to quite a few traits from previous movies, things that happened in the Avengers and things that happened in Guardians of the Galaxy. And they played on it. They showed it from different angles. They showed what was happening at the same time. And I really think that's really fun. And that's why I think the second one is my personal favorite. And I think Back to the Future Part 2 actually did a really good job because it bounced around quite a bit, actually. It does, yeah. Um, well, it goes back to an alternative timeline. It goes back yeah, to the 50s. But even that said, it still feels quite linear and easy to follow. Yeah. Which I appreciate because time travel just... like It, it can get wrapped, very, It very ties my mind in knots and it yeah. didn't in this movie. It They did a good job. They kept it... Easy to follow, easy to understand, which I really appreciated. I think it makes it more fun to watch. If you don't know what the hell's going on, yeah. you're not going to enjoy the movie. We know? have much more of an in-depth conversation about that just next week when we cover Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Mm. Um, Man, we've been watching a lot of time travel movies. We have, because we also did Interstellar a few weeks ago, didn't we? Jeez. I actually think that the sequel's kind of make this first one better in retrospect on mm. its own it just seems like a goofy 80s comedy it mm. kind of has its flaws but once you see it as a whole trilogy what is this from start to finish particularly with those parts that i was talking about in the second one i think it makes this one better if that makes sense mm. i i can see why i really enjoy this trilogy it's probably one of my favorite trilogies of all time just personally because i really enjoy it do you want to talk about part three at all? Because I haven't seen it. It's interesting that you haven't seen the third one, have you? I've just never got around to it. And I think it's because, like, again, honestly, if we didn't have this podcast, I wouldn't watch movies. Yeah. Which is why we do this. Yeah. I I can't really be bothered. And so it's like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it, but I'm not going to actively sit down and watch it. You know? Well, the premise is, imagine Marty and Doc Brown in the Wild West. Ah, hijinks and shoe. That's essentially it. It's just really funny. Um, the reason why I think the sequels are really good at tying into this first one is because they took traits that happened in the first one, like Marty waking up to his mom and realizing that he's not, you know, in 1985. There's the part with Biff coming into the diner and saying, McFly, I told you you're not allowed in here anymore. They use that both in two and three really well. They play on those again. They do that again. Uh, there's even the part of this where he's making the model and he has to cover up the time machine and someone walks into his workshop. They do that exact same thing in the third one, but it has a Wild West twist to it. They really feel like a self-contained thing, like they were designed to be a trilogy. Yeah. Which, considering knowing that the two were written afterwards, 
shows that it's like really brilliant screenwriting. I think you have to do it properly, you know, because in some instances, playing on the same trope and the same joke over and over again could get really stale really quickly. So the fact that they were able to do it in such a way that the audience can look at it and say, ha, I remember that from the last one. That's funny. Like, I think some people would say that that's stupid and, like, only the simple-minded would find that funny. It can be, but I think it's done well here. That's my point, is that if it's done well, anybody can appreciate it and it it doesn't fall flat in that way. I think they did that in the Austin Powers trilogy as well, where they played on the exact same joke over and over again. They even drew attention to it. That's leaning into the more dumb side of it. (laughs) I think they were doing it like they were purposefully leaning really far into it in Austin Powers for the point of like almost becoming a parody of itself. Yeah. Whereas this, I don't think Back to the Future went quite that far and that's why it plays out a little bit better. I don't like it when sequels, particularly the ones that are parts, don't feel like the original. The sequels to this very much feel... Like a continuation, like we said before. They absolutely feel like they were shot back to back to back. Absolutely. So I think that's worth mentioning. I think we've been pretty vague about what happens in this. Do you want to do a spoiler zone? Sure. Because I feel like there's probably a fair few people who haven't seen this. Yeah. Or if they have seen this, maybe they haven't seen the sequels. Yeah. Which I don't think my little synopsis... Is, isn't a spoiler. You didn't spoil it for me. You didn't spoil it for me. You're not going to spoil it for anybody else. So a fair bit of this beginning part is really just setting up to get Marty back in time, right? It doesn't really make sense. The relationship between Marty and Doc is never explained. Why is he hanging out with this random scientist when he's a high school kid? Mm. And then he has to meet him at the mall. Doc has plutonium. You're like, how did he get that? It's like... Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, he just says the the Libyans, he stole it from the Libyans. Is that not, like, offensive? <laughs> That's not, like, really explained at all. They're just like, yeah, no, I just took it from some terrorists. They just chucked it in there. He's like, they wanted me to build them a bomb, so I built them a fake bomb. It's like they needed yeah. a reason to say, where did you get this plutonium from? Yeah. Oh, let's just chuck in a crappy storyline there, add some conflict for, like, five minutes. Um, just so that they need to use the lightning strike later on. It's basically a bunch of little things that don't really make sense if you think about it, just to get the push the storyline going, yeah. That's really the only stuff I think that you really have to overlook, though. You know? Yeah, and there's obviously just like, yeah, as if his parents met on the exact same day that Doc actually invented time travel... Actually, I don't think they did. I think it was the next day. Oh, the next day, yeah. And the next day yeah. after that is the same day that the clock tower was struck. And the clock tower hasn't been repaired in 30 years. Which so happens quite to a few be things. the same night when the dance happened, where they fell in love. Yeah. yeah. There's, a n- there's a number of things you kind of have to overlook. It's A lot of these 1980s comedies sort of have these sort of traits. Um, and it's like as if the flyer that Marty has tells you exactly to the minute, to the second, as to when this lightning strike is. I don't think it would say that at all. You kind of just have to ignore it, I guess. Um, So there are some flaws there, but I I think it's enjoyable if you sort of look past those. Mm. Oh, and the, um, he has the JVC camcorder, 
as if it's like compatible with a 1955 television. He just plugs it in. Yeah. No, no, but he's Doc though, so he can like fiddle oh, with it and yeah, figure okay. it out, right? I do have to say, like, I've got it in my head though. Like, the plot in this is pretty good. Like, there's a story that you're actively following. It's a very cool premise. Yeah. Which I appreciate. And it's got some really cool visuals. It's a great visual representation of time travel with the whole fire flame and mm. the sparks, the cold. That was cool. That is, like, what are the most That's sort iconic of iconic well, things yeah. in this? Is like the DeLorean, the friggin' fire tracks. I think I think there's got quite a few yeah. iconic scenes in this. There's him performing at the dance. He's got that mad guitar solo. There was Doc, like, swinging from the clock tower towards the end there. I think there's quite a few. What I was going to say is that I do appreciate the fact that this plot is a little bit more substantial, and you can follow it, and you you know, like, you can ex- sit down and explain to somebody, Back to the Future is about this. Because there's other movies from the 80s that are, like, huge cult classics, and I'm like, nothing fucking happened in Pretty in Pink. Nothing yeah. happened in 16 Candles. The Breakfast it's Club. It's boring. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, why do you people like this so much? Nothing happens. Whereas in Back to the Future, something actually happens, you know? I can see why people like this. Yeah. I grew up on 90s movies. And the 90s was a great decade for movies. Which we spoke about a lot. <laughs> so to grow up watching 90s movies and go back and watch shitty 80s movies where nothing happens, it's like, of course I'm going to think that they're just crap. You know what I mean? And I don't think that's nostalgia. No, I think they were just crap. No offense. Yeah. Back to the Future is not that. It's fun. It's pretty believable. Like, they, they made a point of, like, Reasonably. getting the old... You, you know, they were they were making a point of highlighting, like, here's the old cars, and everybody's wearing the little poodle skirts, and, you know, yeah. this crew kind of acting like greasers, and I like watching just him interacting with 1955 one of the first ones is when he's at the diner he's just like yeah. asking for a pepsi and he's asking for a tab and there's a bit of a lost in translation sort of thing there yeah um he goes and visits his family obviously he sees his aunts and uncles and grandparents mm. and they're having dinner together they have just bought their first television set um there's quite a few things here that i really like to watch i'm very big on looking at history and architectural history and I mm. love seeing how things used to be. So mm. a representation of that in a film, I really like looking at, oh, that's the same diner as this, and this is where this happened in this movie, you know what I mean? Because he actually does go past the diner from 1955, and I believe it's a yoga studio. Oh, really? I know he goes past it, I just didn't know. Oh, no, you're right, at the beginning, and they're all in aerobics yeah. and jumping There's around. There's so and, many yeah, things yeah, yeah. in this. There's a lot of Easter eggs, which it took me a lot of rewatches to really pick up on everything. Um, the tropes with the mayors and the porno theater, and there's quite a few. That is something that I do have to give them that. 80s movies have more Easter eggs ever than any mm. other movies I've ever seen, which is really highlighted in, like, Ready Player One. Like yeah, the whole and it's 80s not, movie trope. It's not trying to play into it like Ready Player One is or, you know, Blade Runner no, 2049 course, it- or anything. Of course it wouldn't be, because at the time it wasn't an 80s movie, it was a movie. But, like, even in the third one, they go back to 1885, and they're building the clock tower. And I'm like, oh, this is the same street corner that they are in the other two movies. This is really cool to see how things used to be. I love doing research and stuff in real life. Just in, in the cities that I live in and in my jobs and stuff, I find that really fascinating, and I like that as a visual representation. Mm. Um... 
For some reason, I feel like the homeless guy at the end, well, he says crazy drunk drivers. He was the old mayor. He was the old mayor, yeah. That's an yeah. Easter egg that I never picked up on before. I never picked up on that, you know what I mean? Mm. There's a lot of little things in there that I think are really cool, and that continues over all three movies. There's, like, he dresses up like Darth Vader, and he says he's from the oh, planet yeah. Vulcan. I think that's really funny. And there's also that Ronald Reagan joke. He says, who's the president of the United States? And he says, Ronald Reagan. You know, oh, the, Ronald Reagan, the actor? <laughs> Apparently, when Ronald Reagan actually saw that in cinemas, he laughed so hard he got them to rewind the projector and play it again just because it was such a funny trait. That's uh, funny. And I think it would play out like that. Like, that would be a mm. really funny line of dialogue there. Oh, there's also the... um. He goes to Twin Pines Mall at 1.15 in the morning. Yep. And when he goes back to 1955, it's Twin Pines Ranch. Yeah, and he like he talked about he's like it back in the day it used to just be farmland and old man whatever was breeding pine old trees. Old man Peabody, yeah. And, and then he runs over and he's like, "You killed my pine tree." Yeah, because he knocked over one he one of the pines, right? Yeah, yeah. And then when he gets back to 1985, Twin Pines Mall has turned into Lone Pines Mall. Oh, because he knocked over one of the Twin Pines. Yeah, exactly. See, it's little uh... so many little things in this where you. It's really valuable for a rewatch. This isn't something you want to watch just once. It's so much fun. I appreciate that they paid attention to the detail. Yeah. Because otherwise it would be cheap. You know Mm. what I mean? It wouldn't be as fun without it. It's a fun one. Don't take my early attitude about it early in this episode for much because I was just tired when I watched it. This is actually a really fun movie. I think it deserves in the top 40 because... Not only because it's, it's so fun iconic. and it's enjoyable, but it is iconic, yes. It's such a cultural icon. It's a pop cultural thing. Like we were talking about Avengers, they reference Back to the Future. They did, in didn't Avengers they? They were talking Endgame. about that. You mean, so the way Back to the Future has it is just a lie, is what they say about time travel? He's like, Which, yeah. Side note, in Endgame, he says, no, it's not like Terminator. No, it's not like Back to the Future. No, it's not like Time Cop. But then they never actually say what it is like. They just cuts to the next scene. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is the... You can't just say it doesn't work like this and then don't tell me how it does work. Mm. That, that's always annoyed me with Endgame. Anyway, uh, side note there. <laughs> I think if your pop culture event or item is being referenced by future pop culture, you know you've become iconic. Family Guy plays on Back to the Future a lot. They've they've done it for years. They always make a reference, like, once a season to Back to the Future, where they put the characters in the scenarios and things. Mm. Also, have you heard that Rick and Morty is basically based on Doc and Marty? Yeah, because the characters, Justin Roiland was playing around with Doc and Marty, but he obviously couldn't make a TV series out of that because of the copyright, so he made mm. them Rick and Morty. I thought that was really interesting when I found out about it. It's a little obvious. I mean, yeah. But I like that I can see the link there, and I like that they've taken this iconic duo and kind of played with them and made something new and different yeah. that still like pays homage to what the original inspiration was. Because Rick is nothing like Doc Brown, and Morty is really nothing like Marty. So It was more of just like a baseline to start with, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sure... Peter Griffin was a Homer Simpson character, and then yeah. he grew into Peter Griffin that everyone knows. Mm. Um, and Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis have both said, not while they're still living, are they going to allow anyone to remake it. 
because I'm sure that's good that they're really trying to. I mean, Universal's probably trying to get the hands on this property because it's so big. They'll probably want to do a gender swap role reversal here Ugh. and make the women go back to see how Mom did it. You know what I mean? Because that's generally what you do with these things. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Come up with something original. Both Bobs have said we're not doing that. No, you're not good. Getting your hands on it. Just leave it alone, it's good as it is, and come up with something new. I really respect that, because I'm sure Universal has just, like, backed a truck of cash up to their house, and they've said, go away. <laughs> yeah. They would have offered them all the money to try and get their hands on this property. Yeah. I kind of wish that they made Doc Brown look younger, because he looks old and wispy with his grey hair in 1985. At least, like, give him dark hair or something, just be like, oh, he went grey. All they did was give him shorter hair. Yeah, and like, 30 years has passed. And it's funny, because he's looking at the camera, and he's like, look at me, I'm an old man. And I'm like, you look exactly the fucking same. <laughs> I think that funny, was part of the joke. Because Christopher Lloyd was about 40 when he did that movie. So, mm-hmm. and now that he's in his 70s, Christopher Lloyd, now he actually kind of does look like Doc Brown. Yeah. So they aged him up. It could have been very easy to age him back down for the 1955 mm-hmm. shots. I think the ending of this is really interesting, considering that they weren't planning on doing any sequels when they made it, because Doc Brown shows up and he says, we need to go into the future, it's your kids, Marty, it's your kids. And then they just take off and he's on this in this flying car. They just left that open-ended because they thought it was funny. They weren't actually planning anything. So when they went back to the drawing board to start planning the sequels, they said, okay, what does Doc mean by that? You know what I mean? Where do they actually go? How does this work? So I think that's even another level of like really good screenwriting where they tied it into something where they already had it open-ended. Um, mm. I think it's interesting that another reason why I thought that they were filmed together is because of that ending. I'm yes. like, oh, yeah, you were always planning this. They just wanted to leave people wondering. I also always wondered, like, so everything's pretty much completely different when Marty gets back, right? Oh, with his family, yeah. Yeah, um, I always thought to myself, as Marty, I mean, he never really got the chance to, you know, live it because he immediately goes to the future. Would he have all these memories of having a better childhood? He wouldn't. And that's what I wonder about is, would you not miss what you had eventually? Yeah. You know? Oh, the, pre- the previous lifestyle. Yeah, because, like, this is just weird. Like, I don't actually know you people. Mm, yeah, I mean, I know who you wouldn't. are, but you're totally different from the people i'm used to you know i get why they did it and i don't want you to tell me but i'm like i hope eventually it goes back to normal normal it would be really interesting looking at your family because they would be completely different your parents are acting different your siblings are acting different you know what i mean that's another level that's kind of deep you know you didn't really think about what are his memories what of his life because you wouldn't remember a lot of things And even some of the things that he experienced, the rest of them wouldn't have experienced. You know what I mean? Uncle Joey might not be in prison, you know? I feel like there was a line in there saying that he still was. I can't remember. I could be wrong. I really love this movie. I think it's really fun. And I like the trilogy. I think it's fun. Not one of my top faves, but I still think it's fun. And I definitely understand why it's been so popular for so long. Absolutely. We have been Danielle and Brenton this week. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on all the socials. We're most active on Instagram. 
you can comment on SoundCloud or support us on Patreon. We've got every episode uncut, unedited, and a week earlier than usual, as well as bonus episodes every month and polls voting on what you want to hear over on WeRDB on Patreon. And until next week, thanks for listening.